This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose, where space on the right, good turn, he crosses into Johnson! Oh yes, back of the nest! Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk and it's time to look forward, that's the right turn of phrase, to our trip to Goodison Park on Sunday. Albert and Heskiff are in tow to discuss the marathon march, crunching tackles, and the reasons why we may want Harry the Hornet to return. Of course, we will look ahead to Everton and those nasty rumours that Wilfred Zaha is out into a new year. What we do if he is. Let's start chewing this toffee. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, it's, it's, it's all fun and games over the international break, isn't it, lads? What everyone's at each other's necks and throats and, oh, Albert, it's all you needed with your heavy legs, wasn't it? My leg. I, I didn't know legs could be so heavy. <laughs> of course, we'll get into the marathon march shortly, but thanks for joining. And of course, Heskiff is in tow as well. I am, and not having done any form of exercise whatsoever and just smashed a massive slice of pizza yeah it was great ugh. yeah so um ugh, ugh. come on let's Albert, speak this up like i'm pizza. hungry no I'm, I'm, I'm really hungry and i want to order one all <laughs> uh, right okay then well before we do that then let's start with this i'm thirsty i want a beer what about you you want a beer Right, Heskiff, what are you drinking? Uh, I've gone Red Stripe this week. Nothing fancy, but I'm pretending it's carnival because it's getting pre- dark and grim. So I've gone Red Stripe. I'm pretty sure if you drink enough of that, you start to wig out. I think there's um, there's is some that, sort of chemical in that. Is that a challenge? <laughs> we'll see. Not- we'll see how I get on by the end of the episode. <laughs> and Albert, uh, I'm I'm tucking into a Australia. Cheers. Hey. Well, I've um because of the stress of having to do this um uh, stuff tonight. I'm on old Rosie. 
I felt there's no better way than tucking into 7.3% cider to um, God bless <laughs> just ruin me, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Hambo's ever told the story about the old, old Rosie binge from a couple of seasons ago, but um, maybe we'll share that. Just, said, just to clarify, you said binge, right? Binge. Yes. Binge. Yes. So, let's talk about your binge after the marathon march that we are. But what, what happened to you after... Well, let's, how did you find the march, first of all? And then how did you find the post-march? Uh, I found it not as bad as I thought it was going to go. I, I sort of said, oh, if I'm done by half six, I'll be happy with that. And we were done by, I think, just after half four. So that's not bad. That was a win. I didn't feel as bad as I did, as I thought I would the next day or the day after. But there was a, a very dark, very dark hour and a half immediately <laughs> after the race which involved lots of vomiting and sweating um passing out in the back of an uber um but on the whole it was it was great i've got to say it was a, a, a fantastic event it's really well organized Re- obviously re- everyone's in a surprisingly good mood considering everyone's struggling with various ailments um there's a lovely moment where i think me me and nick were walking behind AJ and ships for a couple of miles. It's you know a lovely moment where ships sort of moved moved over to one side for some oncoming pedestrians, and AJ sort of slipped into the space. You know, it was quite you know it's like reeling back the old days. I, I felt like I was Aki Rialati, like twenty yards back, just watching that magic. Um, but it was great. I'd rec- I'd recommend it. I'd really recommend it unless you're handbag. Was you tempted to clip AJ's ankles and see if he still goes over? He was com- he was complaining about uh, he was struggling. I mean, the fact that he was only within twenty yards of me obviously tells you everything you need to know. He was, <laughs> I think, his knee his knee was playing up. Um, we won't go into who finished first, that me and AJ. Uh, you know, you can draw your own <laughs> conclusions. Uh, but it was great. I'd I'd really recommend it. I'd really recommend it to anybody. It's obviously it's tough, but you know it's doable. It is doable. And it's getting up to around somewhere around seventy thousand raids from that as well now. So obviously, yeah, it was mad. On the day they said they were around forty thousand, and then sort of forty-eight hours later, or maybe a bit longer, all apparently it's gone up to seventy. So everybody's donated, you know, massive thanks, and yeah, for a great cause. So you do it again? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was meant to do it last year. I was meant to do it last year, but work got in the way. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you if you recall the weather. The weather on Saturday was just about about right. Any hotter, it'd have been too hot, but it was perfect. It was a beautiful day. The next day was an absolute, literally a shower all day, and I, I think I'd have found it twice as hard to do it in the rain. So we luck we lucked out with the weather. Um, I think by maybe automatically saying yes to next year, you're kind of tempting fate. So I'll uh, I'll, sit, I'll sit on it for a bit. Okay, well, well done to everyone who done it, and well done to Hambo as well. We obviously only made the twenty miles, but um, had lots of yeah, just the twenty, <laughs> just the twenty. But with his um, health issues, and um, I think that's a fantastic effort, and um, very to be something to be very proud of. And um, hopefully, I'll be able to do it next year. The last two years, I've been out in the country on the time that it's happened. So, well, that's convenient. My that's my excuse anyway. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, well done on finishing ahead of AJ as well. That's that's quality. That is. I'm not saying I finished ahead of him. I'm not. Uh, listen, let's not go into it. <laughs> but thanks. Uh, right. Uh, we'll jump straight into social media this week. First of all, 
Heskiff, talk us through Eric Dyer's tackle on Sergio Ramos that has been doing the rounds. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm sure everyone's seen it. Um, to precursor this, I might have mentioned it before. I'm not. I don't really watch much international football, to be honest. Um, even during the World Cup, I, I watched bits here and there. But everyone <clears throat> has an opinion on Sergio Ramos. And I think everyone's opinion of Sergio Ramos is probably exactly the same. Uh, so to see him sort of casually have the ball in his own six-yard box and then out of nowhere see Eric Dyer bombing through the, you know, down the pitch to absolutely annihilate him with a fair tackle, I think <laughs> it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, he got the ball, but he also got every square inch of Sergio Ramos as well. So it was quite enjoyable, considering Ramos sort of falls down, at, you know, if you blow on him or if an eyelash hits his shoulder. I think it was quite funny to see him actually get hammered and it not be a foul. Yeah, there was a couple. Um, Harry Maguire put a challenge in very similar on, I can't remember who it was, and but both of them got booked for the challenges. And uh, Peter Ramage was on Twitter today saying that the game has gone soft with um, those challenges, the yellow cards and free kicks, because you know, they were a perfect execution of everything he was taught growing up, you know, like take the ball, but also take the man fairly. And I think both of those challenges felt in that category but just watching Eric Dyer just out of nowhere sprint 30 yards just and lever him up in the air was amusing um, and then so, <laughs> talking about levering people up in the air um, I never thought I'd want that Harry the Hornet bloke to come out of retirement but here I am like just a few weeks after um, thinking I want him just <laughs> to come out of retirement get that suit back on and um, get him in the same room as Deontay Wilder Albert what did you think of that debacle <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't laugh because apparently he had his jaw broken, but I really did laugh because he had his jaw broken. <laughs> uh, for those that haven't seen this, it's on the socials. Um, I believe it was from Ladbrokes who put it up. It's on a Spanish TV show of some kind, and there's a mascot in a big phoby suit. And uh, Deontay Wilder, the heavyweight boxer, world champion, has the only belt that AJ doesn't have, and decided... I'm going to punch him to show my power. <laughs> uh, seeming not to realise that there was a person in there. Uh, Heskiff, how can you not realise there's a person in a person-sized mascot outfit? Well, I, I think either he's not the brightest bloke in the world <laughs> or he's discovered a new race that none of us knew existed, um, whereby there are actually sort of eight-foot-tall foam milk cartons and you know hedgehogs knocking about. Because, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what went through his head uh, other than just punch it. Yeah. And you can see immediately after he just the realization dawns on him that, oh, <laughs> oh, um, that was really bad. He could probably feel it on his hand as well. That's just what you want uh, before a, what is it, 78 odd million pounds fight <laughs> with Tyson Fury breaks his hand punching a mascot. That would have been some injury. But, um, yep. Yeah. Get Harry and a Hornet in the same room with him. Do you know what? Don't even, don't even put a suit on him, I reckon. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right. So since the last pod, Ben Teke's out for until the new year. Um, Albert, are you... I, I don't know how to feel about this anymore. I, I feel like his injuries <laughs> made him into a superstar centre forward again. 
Well, his goal-scoring record can't get any worse with being off the pitch, so I imagine he's all right with it. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, like, I feel exactly the same as you. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know anymore. I don't know. Um, but you, again, you look at you look at the uh, shall we say like for like replacements, and we've got you know two other strikers who can't score, so we should be you know <laughs> as you were. <laughs> oh my god, what's going on? Um, Heskiff, I was hoping that. Um a certain Jordan Ayew would lever a hat-trick past Dulwich Hamlet and get some sort of, um, I don't know, some form in front of goal. Uh, it went well for him down there. Yeah, well, we, we, we gave him a bit of a pasting, didn't we, on the last show before the Wolves game, and he didn't really sort of <laughs> put up any trees that, that day either. Uh, I watched the Dulwich Hamlet game, or score. I mean, if you pulled up trees instead of scoring, at least he's done something. What a waste um, of everyone's time. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you been to a game this season, Albert? I haven't. I haven't actually. I think you've you've done well there, actually, mate. I know. I was saying in the week, you know, it's the uh, the marathon march sort of little preamble in the stand was the first time I'd I'd set foot in the stadium, which I was kind of lamenting until yeah, you pointed out well you've not missed you've not you've not even missed a goal, and then I was perfectly all right with it. <laughs> well, exactly, and and you know if if the alternative. To not watching or to watching Palace not score is walking twenty six miles. Then have you won? <laughs> I suppose the other way to look at this is it's all Albert's fault that we haven't scored at home. Yes, actually, that's true. I'm going to throw my weight behind that movement. Nah, we were we were crap when I was there <laughs> last year. <laughs> Just last year? Well, yeah, I've been there for a while actually. Okay. okay. Right, it's not my, it's not all on me. I feel pressure pressure now, isn't it? Well, I've got I'm going to take the heat off you, and I've got um, a theory about Benteke, which I've stolen. It's actually my wife Vanessa's theory. Um, so someone put up a, a video of Benteke's goals for us. I think in the first season. I mean, it'd be a pretty short video otherwise, wouldn't it? But um, <laughs> and she reckons there's a correlation between the length of Andros Townsend's hair and the amount of goals that Benteke scores. Because since his hair's grown, Benteke hasn't really scored at all. But when he had, when he was bald, when he had a skinhead, Benteke was, you know, knocking him out left, right, and centre. Do you think this is kind of like um, what's it in uh, Hook or Peter Pan when a fairy dies every time someone does something? I can't remember what it is. Every, it's every... <laughs> lot, of, lot of dead fairies. This, this is a terrible analogy. Oh, you've done something. I can't remember what it is. I, yeah, isn't it? I don't believe in fairies. Do you uh, believe maybe. in Benteke? Well, <laughs> this is how we're going to fill the episode with no away fan. We're just going to ramble for about half an hour. <laughs> I believe in love after love. Uh, no, if he, um, <laughs> if Benteke scores, starts scoring again, does this mean Andros Tanzan's hair is going to start falling out again? This is a scientific experiment that we need to do. It's a sacrifice <laughs> I'm willing to make. Yeah, Townsend has to make the sacrifice if he's all about the team, as they always, always say in post matches. Oh, my my hat trick today wasn't what we're talking about. You know, it was important for the team to get a win. Do you reckon Townsend would sacrifice his new luscious, like I can only imagine, hair plugs? Imagine hair plugs kind of hair. Uh, I like it how we've come from a gold drought to talking about a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, that a hat trick in Crystal Palace sense means three goals in a year. Yeah, <laughs> three, three, three goals at all. <laughs> uh, God, just think, Albert, in that marathon march, how many goals are walking in front of you? A mere twenty yards in front of you. Oh, mate, just I, I reckon I still reckon they could do a job. Honestly, it was magical. <laughs> Um, right, so there's also been rumours flying around that Wilfred Zaha's out injured. Um, obviously, what? he came he came back early from uh, Ivory Coast duty, uh, played in the four 0 win against the Central African Republic, uh, set up the goal with a lovely little dribble down the left and um, cutting it back. Um, and then he returned beforehand on his Instagram story, which people seem to mainly be basing this on Zaha's on what looks like a medical bed. Um, I don't, I don't know if anyone has any sort of like insight into this. I don't know if anyone is that everyone's just making it up, but now the suggestion seems to be that he's actually out until the new year. <laughs> um, so now I have a series of weird questions based on this. Albert, is oh, this a good thing? to get the Zaha monkey off our back in the sense that we can't win without him under Roy, so now it kind of has to be that time where we do win without him? No, we desperately need him in the team. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can't see a win coming without him? Uh, not, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I, I, haven't, I can't see a win with him, so without him... Maybe hey, listen, Maybe it's chaos theory. It's 50-50. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I've persuaded myself in the last 10 seconds. We're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so obviously if, if he is out, Roy is going to have to figure out some way to win without him, obviously. Um, I've always, I've already, sorry, started to sort of feel a change in the mood towards him. And one of the predictions that came in earlier was from Nathan Jones, and it says a 3-0 defeat with zero shots on goal. Possession once again at a pedestrian pace with Jeff Schlupp tasked with pulling the strings. Um, do you sense this, Heskiff? Uh, sort of Roy, people are falling on the other side of the fence with Roy now and thinking that you know last year was a one-off. It it definitely feels like there's um, a lot more criticism of him this year, which I think is warranted. To be honest, um, I I don't know that there's people calling for him to be sacked yet. I mean, there might be the odd one or two, but for the well, most well, part. They- there definitely is on the BBS, but that is the BBS. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the BBS. And and Dave Perry, maybe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's certainly some discontent. And I think it's warranted because um, I, I said after the Wolves game that, you know, this sort of pedestrian, let's keep the ball for a bit, but not really do anything with it, it just isn't working. Like even with Wilf in the team, um, you know, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't suit us. And and I mentioned before that I'm glad that we've got a different option, you know, a sort of plan B of how to play. But we shouldn't give up plan A, which is, you know, like counter-attack, use our speed, the, the things that we all know we're good at. So I don't know wh- why it, he's decided to play differently. Um, and by no means am I comparing the two, but when, when Pardew came in and said, oh, I'm going to change the way we play, and no one knew why he said that. Same with Frank Ball. We don't need to do that. No one's calling for us to change the way we play because, you know, we're effective when we play to our strengths. Um, but at the moment, it just seems like he's gone away from it a bit and I don't really understand why. Um, and I'm hoping, I mean, we've been saying this a while now, but I'm hoping 
he realises, okay, we tried something different. It didn't work. We haven't got results against teams that we should be looking to get all three points from, really. Um, so let's just revert to what we're good at. But then if we haven't got Wilf, I mean, if he's out to the new year, that's disastrous, really. And we haven't got anyone who can score. And we're not starting Meyer and Kiate, which I think we should. So it's just all a bit... It's a, I mean, even for me, I, I know that I'm a misery guts or whatever. But this is pretty bad. <laughs> and, and you know, <clears throat> I really like Roy. I think he was great, you know, great for us last year. He's a really good fit. And I'm not going to write him off and say that he's a terrible manager, but I think he needs to be a bit more proactive with changes. And I think he needs to be maybe a little less loyal to some players and the way we play and just get back to what we're good at because it's clearly not working at the moment, is it? And if we're playing Everton and Chelsea and Man U and all those sort of teams, we I mean, if we try and play like, like this against that lot, they're gonna they're gonna batter us. Albert, do you think we strike fear into the hearts of any teams in across any avenue at the moment? I reckon the under fifteens at the training ground <laughs> probably be a bit nervous. Uh, uh, no, no, I, and again, if and that that only you know being serious that that only tri- you know triples in effect if if Zaha's not around because like. Our plan A is one player, really, isn't it? Really, it's for what Sam's saying. You know, yeah, it's all very pedestrian, and it's it's give it, you know, give it to Wilf. But we're not we're not even doing that at, at pace or with any sort of ingenuity or, like you say, trying to hit him on the break. It's 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 sort of knock it around and literally roll it roll it to Wilf Zaha's feet. It's, it's rarely into space, um, so. You know who 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 would be scared of us? We get we get outbattled by sort of, and I, I, I I'm saying this as a for want of a better term, lesser teams. We get outbattled by lesser teams, um, and we get outclassed by the better teams at the moment. And 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 there's an argument to say we get outclassed by some of the lesser teams as well. So I don't I, I don't know what we do. I, I think I don't know what's going on with Mayer behind the scenes. I don't know if it's a an attitude thing or a work rate thing. I don't, I don't, I can't think of a sound reasoned argument that he is not in the team, especially when you look at the form. And again, I, I, I love the guy, but you look at the form of someone like MacArthur and you sort of think, I, 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 like I say, I can't think of a, a sound footballing logical reason why that's the case. And, and, and there's other examples across the pitch. Hmm. Yeah, with I think Jeff Schlupp's another one which Nathan Jones mentioned in his prediction. Yeah, it's certainly a weird one. And Heskiff, if if there is no Wilf, how how do we set up now if there is no Wilf? I mean, that's a great question, and I, I based on what we've seen over the last however many years, even it's pretty impossible to answer. I mean, you would have to say. Players like Maya have to get in the team and have to be the main man because the creativity in our team is is severely lacking. I think, especially if Wilf's not there, and he's a player who can pick a pass, keep possession of the ball, get things going, a bit like Kabai did, um, which is you know a position we knew we would be 
struggling if we didn't if we didn't replace. But there again, you know, if we've got these strikers up front who don't offer anything, you know, I mean, we said in the Huddersfield game, Jordan Ayew sort of ran about a bit, and that was really good to see. But since then, I've not. I mean, he's really done nothing of note. Um, Serlot, again, I mean, I'm repeating myself a bit, but he it doesn't look particularly interested. I think for someone who needs to be, <clears throat> you know, showing the manager, this is why I should be playing. This is why you should start me. I'm the guy to get the goals when Benteke is not playing. He doesn't half like wander about when he comes on. So that you know, there's there's no there's no focal point. There's no one to aim at. Um, our creative players stuck on the bench. Big players that we usually count on, like Luca's form, is not great. Um, so I mean, ha- how we line up without Wilf is, I mean, I, I really don't know. I I can't imagine we'll be any worse than we are at the moment. But then you say, well, Wilf's taken out of the equation, and then I got I got nothing. I mean, I I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be overly you know, like end of the world or whatever. But with the games coming up, it's going to be very, very difficult with our best players playing, never mind with, you know, with, with without them on the pitch. So Roy's going to have to pull something out of the hat. Uh, what that is remains to be seen, but I certainly don't think it means Jeffrey Schlapp. <laughs> um, trying, to, trying to be positive about a potential injury to our star player. And positive probably isn't the word. I do. I do wonder if, if take if taking Wilf out of the team, sort of. I, I personally, I think we. I think we've needed to go back to a four-two-three-one for a while, but that's with a you know a decent Christian Benteke up front, which we haven't had. Um, obviously, you sacrificed a, a little bit of width, and I think we've sort of all come to a consensus that we we rather Wilf out wide as maybe a part of a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 rather than up front. So I, I do wonder if we go back to 4-2-3-1 with Fiat and Luca holding and then a sort of a, again, it's not my first choice player, but, you know, Schlupp, Max Meyer just off and, you know, off, off Serlot and Townsend on the right, um, you know, give Serlot a, a good run as the main focal point, bit of a battering ram and, and see if the three behind him can work some magic. Um, mm. But again, it's it's clutching at straws. Yeah, I think um, Swansea fans were saying that, um, and Villa fans as well. It was Villa fans I was talking to on Talksport too. They were saying that they got the best out of Ayu coming down the left, so maybe that would be an option to play Sorlot yeah. through the middle in a fourth in a four five one and get get Ayu on the left. And you know he scored some great goals against us from range. You know he's um, he's one player if he can get a shot away and hit the target, it's going to cause a goalie pro- problems. So. Maybe that will get the best out of IU, but who knows? Um, one positive thing, I guess, going into the weekend is that we do have a good record at Goodison Park. Um, I think in the in the time I've been a Palace fan, going to Palace games, I think we've only lost there two or three times, which is insane, really, uh, especially when you factor in, you know, 97, 98, we went there and won 2 1. I think in 04, 05, we lost horribly and James Vaughan become the youngest ever Premier League scorer. But then after that, I, I think, did we lose there last year? lost there last year we did yeah we lost 3-1 yeah and that was the the first time even even that was a weird game to lose as well it didn't really feel like we should have lost that game um and then obviously we had the three twos thrown in there as well a few a couple of those and um 1-1 as well so we we do all right up there historically so is that clashing on shores has clashing at shores (laughs) has 
<laughs> I think you know what I'm going to say. Um, I mean, you know, we're, we're better away than we are at home. So yeah. I, I'd back us to win marginally more at Goodison than I would at, at Sellers. Mm. Um, I did read, um, obviously we haven't got an away fan on this week, but he could have confirmed, but I did read they were welcome, welcoming about five first-team players after the international break who had been injured or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't know who they are. I read the headline and got wound up, so I just closed my laptop and <laughs> stood in the rain for a bit. Um, but, I mean, they've got some very good players there, and I think, um, you know, they, they'll be top top 10, top 8, whatever. They'll, they'll get going. Um so it'll be a tough, it'll be a tough game. As Sigurdsson's bound to score, any because he he loves playing against us. Well, yeah, he's definitely um, he's got Wayne Hennessy's number from free kicks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think spoiler for for the predictions ahead. I think we're going to lose on Sunday, but what at the very least, I want to see us be competitive. You know, first half against Bournemouth was was rubbish. Start of the second half of the first twenty five minutes or so was was actually really good, and you just think, well, we're, we're obviously capable of knocking the ball about and being a bit more direct. And if we can do that, if we can replicate that form against, you know, in Everton, then we'll give ourselves a chance. But it, I'm I'm more worried that we're going to replicate the first forty five minutes of the Bournemouth game, and if you do that against teams who are pretty potent up front and I, I actually think Everton are quite good going forward mm. um, then I think you're going to be in a lot of trouble especially when you're not scoring as much because then you have to take your chances and we're not creating a huge amount and we're certainly not taking our chances so um, God I'm getting so miserable again aren't I? Um, well based off of all of this I don't think there's going to be any problems with finding seats of block E because <laughs> if anyone's listened to this no one's going to renew their season ticket so um... they'll, they'll, they'll also block block E's in, in hearing range of me because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm close by so um, yeah if any, well, why if do any... you think I move <laughs> yeah, I've well... got no answer to that that's a, that's a disgrace <laughs> frankly yeah, leave it ambiguous well. You also left 1,700 points on the table, Albert, but there you go. Uh, we're going to finish there, and then when we come back, we'll, we'll talk predictions. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Preview podcast www.backofthenest.com. Right before the international break, all three of us went for losses, so um, I don't know if we this is a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> uh, me and Albert went for 2 1, Heskiff went for 2 0, so none of us got it quite right. But oh, is, is, is that a sign of how things are, Albert, that we've all gone for losses at home against Wolves? Shocking, isn't it, really? Shocking state of affairs. <laughs> uh, 59% of the people in the poll um, also went for the loss last week. And the poll this week, there was no really attempts at jokes this week. I was just um, just miserable. Um, Goodison result was for the win, and 25% of the people have gone for that. Sticky Toffee for the draw, 16%. And 59% of people gone for a defeat, or more blues. Um from the listeners, Will Hamilton, Tony Stewart and Ben Long have all gone for 4-0 Everton wins. Longy's calling goals from Richarlison, Walcott, Nias for the Bantz and Sigerson from a free kick, obviously. <laughs> um, and obviously I talked about Nathan Jones further up playing for 3-0. The only um, positive results I remember seeing was one from Budapest Eagle was saying that he thinks we'll win 2-1, but you know, just catching them out on the break more than not taking our chances and us finally getting a bit of luck. I'd certainly take that. And um, a certain Vanessa went for a 2-2. Heskiff, um, does she eat all the positivity beans in your house? Yeah, she was laughing deliriously on the tube when she was tweeting that. So I don't know whether she actually meant it or whether the day's work had finally gotten to her. <laughs> um, I think she tried to style it out by saying that she did it to wind Dave up. Um, miserable day that is for regular listeners. Um, whatever the reason, she it's a, she's a lunatic. Two all is never going to happen. I'll, I'll say that now. Okay. Um, back at the nest crew, Ed Kellaway is now on fourteen points, but his run of three correct scores came to an end against Wolves. He actually predicted two one, uh, three correct scores in a row, and then you know predicting two one to Wolves and just missing out on four is quite amazing. Um, so obviously he's just running away still um, now on 14 points in the back of the Nest Prediction League um, he's gone for a nil-nil in this one um, as has Clouds uh, Patrick's gone for 1-1 but everyone else has gone for Everton wins as has Dan of the South who's gone 3-1 to Everton so now it's just left for us so Albert um, I went for a draw in your in your poll online which, to be honest, I was a bit disappointed you didn't have to fee or not to fee. But <laughs> we'll gloss over that. Uh, I've gone for a draw, uh, but I don't think it's going to be nil-nil. Uh, I think the, the best we could hope for is a, a one-all draw. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, that's what it was a couple of seasons ago when Ben Teke was in great form and curled a header in from about 15 yards out. Um, Unbelievable goal! But it is an unbelievable goal. Um, I think it was Joel Wall. I mean, I mean, it's it's literally unbelievable at this stage of the season, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or, or just this stage of the last year and a half. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, go on, Heskiff. Oh God, three 0 to Everton. Wow! Oh my God! I guess you can see it, can't you? Would you be surprised if we well, lost three 0 uh, Listen, no, I wouldn't. You know, you know as well as I do. 
Albert. We're rubbish at the moment. <laughs> uh, Sigurdsson will score. Richarlison will score because I can't stand him. And then I don't even care who scores the third one. Okay, right. Um, I, I really haven't thought about this. I don't... It's one of those games where I genuinely don't know. I think because Everton will come out and press on us and we there is going to be opportunities for us on the break, I think it's all dependent on whether Wilf plays. Um, I think if Wilf plays, uh, we might get a draw out of it. So if Wilf plays, I'm going 2-2. Two, two. But um, if Wilf isn't playing, then it will be more like a 3-0 to Everton, I think. So... Um, I'll pick one of those before before Sunday when I know or when we've finally heard from Roy. I mean, I'm I'm disappointed with Roy. I keep doing these press conferences on different days to when we record. It's really, it's really really inappropriate. I I will start calling him for him to be out if he don't move it back to a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll 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 go with three a three nil. But what, are you going to lambast me here? No, I was going to say, when you were saying, Roy, it all depends on, on if Wilf plays. I think somewhere in a darkened room, Roy Hodgson's probably saying something similar to Ray Lewinton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Right, we're going to go away and then come back for the outro. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, so Love Sport this week, I believe, is Hambo and I think it's DR again. So they will, will probably be talking all things marathon marches and probably a little bit more upbeat than we've been, <laughs> I'm sure. Far less miserable. Um, obviously, You say Hambo's doing it, it'll probably drop out about an hour and a half into it. Ooh. Might do the last bit. That's brutal, that is. Um, I love you, Hambo. Hambo. Uh, review show this week it will be obviously earlier in the week next week or it will probably end up with us doing the review at the Everton game on this next week um, as that is obviously the Sunday game and we will be recording on Wednesday next week so a day early Albert you're not going to be with us are you? Unfortunately not I'm taking a well deserved um, holiday I think it's called I can't remember it's been so long <laughs> You've just got back from the Czech Republic Mate, that wasn't a holiday. That was work. If you get on a plane and go There's somewhere else, drinking. it's a holiday. All right. <laughs> uh, but um, Heskiff, you'll be with us, won't you? Yeah, I, I don't have a life. I'm not going anywhere. Especially now you've completed Spider-Man. You've got nothing to do. I know, by the way, Albert's on 28% on that game. <laughs> and and I, I, haven't play, I haven't played a video game in about 20 years. I call them video games, Albert. <laughs> Until next week, Palace fans, up the Palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.